Hey guys, welcome back to the Football Draft Podcast. I'm here with Ross and James, and the season may be over, but we've still got plenty of things we can discuss. And after a disappointing week for a United fan as myself, losing against Villarreal, we thought it'd be a good time to discuss Ollie's time as Manchester United manager. And just to start us off, I'm going to ask Ross what he thought of the current season that just happened. Oh, well, what a devastating end. Uh, listen, it's 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 been a good enough season. Uh, well, in ways it has, but it, it it's it's been promising. From you know, you look at the way we started. Um, you, you know, fifteenth or something we were at one stage, and no one thought we would end up second. You know, and I know that you can you can blame that on teams and their downfall. You look at uh Tottenham's terrible season, Arsenal's terrible season. I know James will agree. Um, and you know you look at you know all their teams' downfall. You know, we we did make use of that and we capitalised on that and look where we got. But I just feel that it was evident from that night in um, in Poland that there's so many holes in this team that need sorting. Um, but but at the same time, I think Ollie needs credited for where he's taken this United team so far. Um, you know, we're second behind arguably the best team in the world right now. You know, so that that can't that has to be credited and that has to be recognized. So, um, I think that that's that's successful in a way. But overall, this season hasn't been successful because there's still no silverware, and it's another final that we've, you know, that we haven't capitalized on. So it's it you know it's a it's a toss up for me really. But I, I you know I think that you know, that Ollie's done a good job so far. Um, I don't know, uh, James, what you kind of make of. All these kind of season generally. Look, I think you mentioned it there, then that's exactly it. Uh, I'm going to bring back, I'm not sure if you guys watched it, but an interviewer asked Ibrahimovic was like, Do you think Manchester United have improved since he left? And he was like, Yes, I think it's a better team. But the thing is, when I was there, we won trophies, and this team hasn't. And that's ultimately what it's come down to. Now, if Ole won the Europa League, Great season, finished second, Champions League, everything's amazing. Everyone would not be criticising Ole or discussing his future at all. But just because of that one penalty miss, it's like, oh my God, we have to start looking at the future and, you know, is Ole the right man for the job? I think that's a bit reactive, to be honest, rather than uh, what's the opposite of that. Uh, Reactive instead of um, analysing this... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just feel like it's very reactive and not actually analysing whether Ole's the, the proper man for the job on a bigger perspective Yeah, it, I mean it was an odd season and even if Man United won the penalty shootout a lot of people still would have been saying it was still kind of embarrassing having to go penalties against Villarreal team so I think it's kind of weird to think that like the whole season was kind of dependent on a De Gea penalty um, but I mean I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens next season. But it does kind of lead me on. I mean, I was wanting to ask you guys what you think Ollie's biggest successes and his biggest failures as United manager. Obviously, it's easy to say his biggest failure is he hasn't won trophies yet. But just on the basis of where we were when we took the job and where we are now, like, what do you think his biggest strong points and his weak points are in the job? So, just either of you, just want to kick it off. I'll, with this. I'll start that one. Um... I think his biggest success is actually riding the wave, to be honest. Ole has had very tough times where fans and the media have been calling him to get sacked. But he took it on, 
not many managers can can bring back the dressing room from from that sort of uh, low point. Um, I remember there was times where um, literally people were saying if Ole loses the next game, he's out. But he's got through that, and he's got through that, and he's brought Manchester United to a second place finish, and he's stabilised the club. You look at before Ole came in, you were switching managers every season. Um, Jose Mourinho, who came in, yes, he was there for two years, but you could always tell that there was something about the players and the team that just wasn't quite right. I don't get that feeling with Ole. So I think that's that's um, his biggest success at United. Yeah, and going on from that, that's a really interesting point. Um, you know, I think while Jose won the Europa League, which is something that Ole hasn't, hasn't done yet, um, I think that maybe not his biggest success, but arguably one of them is how much of an impact he's had on individual players. You look at Luke Shaw, Luke Shaw having the best season of his career under Oli. Um, the players' morale and, and how they're playing. You've seen the best of Paul Pogba in the United shirt for me under Oli. Um, you, you look at Edinson Cavani and that signing, bringing him in. Uh, Bruno Fernandes, who's the talisman of that team now. So I think it's very naive to look at this United team and just go, they haven't won trophies, no progress, that's it. Oli's tactically inept. I think that's really... That's a re- really naive stance to take because we have made progress, but I feel like this season, uh, this is now make or break. No matter what Ollie does now um, in, in, in the league places, if he doesn't get silverware and he, and he starts to drop, I kind of feel like that'll be his time to go. But but for me, really, I think a lot of it isn't his fault. You know, you've seen the we've talked on the podcast before about the protests and and the unrest um within our fan base at our ownership. You know, I think that Ollie has done a really good job, as James rightly said, riding that wave. You know, he's had to deal with a lot that other Man United managers haven't had to deal with. You know, um, and, and as a former player, I think a lot of it is hard to take. So for me, really, I think he's been successful and keeping the, the club grounded. And you know through this troublesome time, and for me really, and I think in a couple of weeks we're going to be you know chatting about this, but I think he needs to be backed. You know he has shown that he can take this club to that level, but he just needs the players to be able to do that. You know, and there's you, you as I mentioned before, you've seen in Poland, there's so many holes in this team, but I think that's out of all these control. I, I you know. So for me, really, I, th- I think that he needs to be in a lot of credit for where he's taken the team thus far. Now, um, you could argue then a failure in his part, and which I would agree is his for being a substitute and for being a, a you know an impact sub. You've seen it, in, you know, in Munich in ninety nine or Barcelona in ninety nine. Um, for a super sub, he's terrible at using subs. You know, like in ninety minutes in Gdansk, didn't use one sub. Like that, you know, that has to be recognised. That's a failure on his part. You know, he should be seeing. And for me, really, that that you know, the excuse of oh, you know, he he, uh, he doesn't know, he has no one on the bench to use. Van de Beek's a great player. Bring him on. Bring the man, Manu Matic on. There are players that you can use on that bench, and he chose not to use them in ninety minutes. And for me, really, throughout the whole match, well, not maybe the whole match, but start of the second half, Villarreal deserved to win that game. Yeah, and, and I'll hold my hat. They really, really did. So for me, I think some of his in-game management and some of the coaching at this club could be improved. And I think that's an area where we're seeing a lot of the holes more clearly. You know, you look at uh, Liverpool when Klopp first took over. Liverpool had so many holes and l- lack of quality in players. But 
the coaching and Klopp's in-game management helped them to win games that sometimes they didn't even deserve to win. It's those type of games that make you Premier League champions and Champions League winners. Do you know what I mean? So it's that really that I think Ollie needs to drastically improve on moving forward for next season. Don't know if he's agree. I think his yeah, I think his failure is more so something he needs to improve on. He needs to be a bit more refined. Now, I'm gonna use Ross's example in the Europa League final here and his lack of ability to make substitutions. It's very easy to say that oh, it's fine. You know, these are just very minor details and uh, within within a manager. But it really is that fine line that it's fine separates. Margins. It's really yeah, it really is that fine line that separates whether you win a trophy or not. You yeah. have to cut it out sooner or rather than later. Or I can't see him being United manager in two years' time if he's still not won anything. Yeah, I I mean th- this club's built on silverware. This club's built on success. So if if you're not gonna if that's not gonna continue, then it can't be. And we've been starved of that. In recent years, you know, um, so I think we need Ollie to make that step up in that way. Um, so listen, I I personally feel right that you know I think Ollie could stay at this club long term, but I just think that he needs to be backed, and he needs to improve the way that he assesses a game mid match. Do you know what I mean? Uh, some of his management, he, like, take for example, and this is so, sorry, very minor, but look at Cavani coming on against Southampton. No, we were losing. I think it was 2 0 we were losing. And Cavani comes on and is the key man in helping us win that game 3 2. I said after that game, that's excellent in game management to, to assess, you know, bringing on that key player, that talisman to come on and, and, and have that impact. I just think we haven't seen enough of that. And I, I think that's what's led to some poor results, you know, towards the end of the season. So, yeah. Just lastly, before we move on, I think it really came down to Ole freezing in in the final. If that if that final was a was a game in the Premier League against a mid table side, I think he would have made a few substitutions by ninety minutes, to be honest. But it, because it was a final, and maybe he lacks experience in finals, he he froze. He didn't know what to do. But I mean, there's been so many semi finals and finals at this club. He said so many. So I, I, I personally, I don't think for me it's a uh, a lack of experience in finals and semi finals. I think for me, it's just his. I think he, 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 the team that he puts in the team sheet is the one that he wants to stick to. Is it stubbornness? Is it arrogance? Uh, you, you know, I, I couldn't put my finger on it, but it's definitely something that needs to be improved going on next season. Absolutely, I, I agree with what you both were saying. Uh, he's he's had uh, a few successes, like his uh, man management has been a massive key point in in getting players like Luke Shaw and and even Paul Pogba, because he didn't want to be there when Mourinho was there, but he looks happy now, and things like that. But then, like you said, uh, in in the final and his, his substitution sometimes in games, it, it can lead to us uh, missing out on points or as what happened uh, just a week ago, lo- losing a final. Um, but I think it it did kind of go down to what Ross just mentioned on about maybe a sense of arrogance in the team. He maybe thought that the players on the pitch he had should have uh, strolled to success in a way, thinking about where Villarreal were placed in La Liga and and maybe they thought they were a bit lucky to get to the final and things like that. But, you know, he'll learn from that and he'll only grow from that experience. And I think next season we will see even more improvement from United. Um, yeah. But I guess... 
as we're talking about him trying to get success, another question I had about uh, all these time United was, do you guys think that he is capable of, of taking United to Premier League glory and, and lifting that trophy while being United manager? If you ask me that right now, no. Um, you know, if you ask me that, uh, you know, January this year, yes. It it's it again. You know, um, he is capable, but I just think that recent games have kind of showed me that there are a lot of flaws in his management style. So it, to me, really, he seems like a new manager. Like I, I, you know, he's managed Malda and he's managed these other teams. You know, he went down with Cardiff when they get relegated. So it's not like he's he's brand new. But I don't know if he's feel the same. He feels like he's a new manager. He feels like an Arteta in the fact that he's just recently got into management when he hasn't. He's been doing it for years, so I think that that's actually a bad that that's a bad thing. You know, um, like you you look at Tuchel there, you know Tuchel coming into Chelsea having an instant impact and winning the Champions League. Like you could never dream about that under Raleigh. That's just you know. So for me, really, um, I I I kind of don't want to admit it, but I don't really see us you know, uh, becoming the the United we were under Ollie. I, th- I think that that's going to take another manager uh, with more quality. But what Ollie's done so far has to be credited as amazing because he's taken us from a terrible team to a team that was arguably title ta- challengers in, ju- in January of this year. You know, th- that, that has to be recognised. But is he capable of winning the Premier League? Yes. But do I think he's going to do it? No. I have to agree on that one. I don't think you can win the uh, Premier League with with Ole in charge. And Ross was saying how he still feels like a new manager. Well, P.S. The elephant in the room. It's because he's not won a trophy. That's why he. That's why he still feels new. And I, I hate. I hate to keep mentioning it, but it always comes down to the fact that he's not won a trophy. And that's why we think he he lacks that cutting edge. But the positive side to look at it is. When he does, or if he does win that trophy, it can change a manager like a different. It just takes one. It takes one, and like it almost unlocks this new level of potential. Yeah, it's just whether you are patient enough or whether it's going to happen at all. That's the issue. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I, I'm very happy to continue with another season under Ollie. I I'm not an Ollie out. You know, I I'm very much behind this manager, and I think as you as a United fan, you kind of have to be. You know, you have to you have to back this manager because of what he's done so far. But at the same time, you know, if if I was sitting here at this point again next season, and we still haven't won anything, we've come maybe second or third again, and we haven't won anything. Part of me thinks we need change. You know, you know, we need a we need a better manager. So I think it, it's as I said before, it's make or break this season for him to prove that he is a title winning manager and he can do that uh, as Man United manager. I'm going to add some controversy, not not just for effect, but because I genuinely believe this. Um, but I think that if he is backed this summer and if we get the targets that we've been linked with, for example. Sancho, Kieran Trippier, Varane and potentially a defensive midfielder but that's if that happens I believe if he gets at least three of those signings I see us actually challenging for the title next season and I believe that in a couple years time we could win the Premier League with Solskjaer as manager um, I don't know what you guys think about that but that's just that's just my view on it I, 
I think I've seen enough improvement and enough quality in certain times of the season under certain situations that I think that just with three slash four new players, quality players, we, we could actually be up there with City, Liverpool, whoever else, Chelsea next season and, and be challenging. And, and I think we will see United lift a trophy. Not not going to say which one. I can't say right now, but I think United will win a trophy next season. I don't know. I don't. I don't think the problem lies within the players. It's the manager. Oh, it doesn't. Well, no. Give me that no, 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 no. I think. I think the problem. Uh, the majority of it actually is in the players. Uh, in the and and the lack of quality in this team. Um, as much as I would, I would be the first to criticize all, all these tactics. Um, and his in-game management. I think that the majority of our problems lie in the lack of quality in key areas. I mean, you know, if we go into this summer and don't get a, a proper CDM, a Coop Miners or an Aaron Barry, you know, we're we're screwed. Like we're not gonna you know you know you know we're not gonna get second next season without a proper CDM. You know, that that McFred pivot no one's going to tell me that that wins the Premier League. No one's going to tell me that that, that shouldn't win a Europa League. You know what I mean? So, you know what I mean? Um, so for me, really, we need strength in key areas. And if we get that, then that, for me, is the time to go, okay, right, there's nothing stopping us now other than Ollie's in-game management. That is the time for me to prioritise that. But at the minute, I wouldn't say, oh, it's... it's it, it's solely Ollie's in-game management and his tactics that's letting us down because it's not. The majority of the of the problems that we're facing at the club is the lack of quality in key areas, definitely. But I'm not saying that the United team is perfect, but don't you think that bad managers make a good team look bad as well? You look at Chelsea. Um, who would have thought that they would win the Champions League with Timo Werner in front? Or when Lampard was in charge, we were saying Havertz is a flop. Timo Werner's a flop. Uh, can't remember who else they signed, but everyone else is a flop. And Havertz scores the winning goal in the Champions League final for them, and all of a sudden he's now like one of the best youngsters or playmakers in the in the league again. That I mean that that's a good point. But Solskjaer's a better manager than Lampard, you know. So it, you're you're getting a bit more quality there in management, you know. But at the same time. You know, Ver- Werner. No, listen. You could say that Werner and Havertz were a flop under under Lampard very easily, but they're still, you know, they're quality players, and it just they needed time. I mean, you look at players that come from you know different countries. The Premier League's just different gravy, man. It's just such a different league, so it it takes time for that. So I wouldn't put that all just on the change in management, but I get your point. Um, I I don't know, man. I I I just think that. We just need strength in CDMs, definitely priority, um, and a centre back. Um, you know, and and this talk of Jaden Sancho, I'll not get into it, but th- this talk of Jaden Sancho, man, it, a part of it really annoys me because we're building up towards getting a player in a position that we really don't need. To that's not the priority for us this season. But I just hope whatever players we get in this season, I hope they're effective. Yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the summer. Um, but for now, I mean, we've already touched on uh, all these tactics and stuff like that. But I just want to focus on just for a few minutes or whatever, just um, on United's playing style and and the way they play. Um, do you think there's positives in the way we play? Is there negatives? Um, do you think there's actually a an identity or a proper style of play that we actually do? Uh, and or like, do you see any flaws in the way we play? And and 
Are we relying too heavily on Bruno? I know that's been mentioned and spoken about plenty of times before. Uh, and and what would you guys change about the way that United play and, and ways that it can improve? Um, yeah, and I mean, we've seen it this season that, you know, arguably um, we have relied too heavily on individual performances. I mean, Bruno is a key one. Um, Cavani is another and Pogba. They're probably the three players that we've relied on and Greenwood, arguably. You know, so... I get that we have had to rely on these players a lot, but I think that this team is starting to take an identity. All these four two three one, you know, can work, but again, it always seems to come back to we need the players to actually fulfil that identity. That's that's always been our problem, um, you know, and I think Maguire has drastically improved this season, and uh, you know, I, I I was really um annoyed about his injury, um. You know, and I think that we have got a shape now, uh, and we've got something that's you know, that, that we're playing all his way in the way he wants to play. But I just think that we need the players to fulfil that. Um, you know, and I I do think that there are a lot of flaws in the way sometimes that we fulfil that. A lot of teams seem to um, know all his shape and are able to intercept that. I mean, Villarreal um, and 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 their build up play had us on toast, you know, for, for the majority of the game in Gdansk. Um, you know, we, we couldn't... And it was always a mistake for me playing Pogba in the pivot. That that, that was just strange. Um, you know, so I, I get... We are forming an identity, but I think that we need better players to be able to fulfil that, definitely. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think the way we, we set up, it, it does kind of depend on literally just, like you said, like three or four players... Um, like we, we, you know how like we've seen Pogba play on the attacking left side. Like we would depend that much on having Rashford play as well. We would force Rashford out to the right, and then that would mean we would drop Greenwood. And obviously, no one wants to see Greenwood dropped. He's a, he's proven this season. He's a quality young player, and he's got so much potential. Um, and I just think that trying to still squeeze in Pogba, but that means pushing Rashford off to, uh. The right wing where he, he's just not um he's not good he, he doesn't impact the game and uh, from there and it means that we're dropping one of our best young players um i do think that we do need to fix that situation where uh we find if we want to play pogba find somewhere where we can play him but it also means that we don't have to uh put rashford out of position and and drop players like greenwood and i, I don't know if like, i know that the way we're playing it seems a pretty decent setup, but I I would like to get to a point where we we can change to uh, a four three three instead of a like a four two three one. I'd rather have it where we can reach a point where we're comfortable playing just just one holding midfielder, and and have like two number eights and and not have to play a McFred pivot or or whatever. Like I I don't want to see that. Um, because if if we were going to win the Premier League, we can't win the Premier League having. Fred and McTominay playing in in a pivot and and always be um, negative in in our defensive ways, thinking that we have to have six players that basically have to sit the whole game. I would like to see it where we can have a comfortable back four, we can have a a solid uh, holding midfielder, and then we can have Pogba, Bruno, Van de Beek, Bruno, or whoever. Just give them the freedom to go forward and have a front three with. Uh, Rashford, Cavani and Greenwood or if we get Sancho fit Sancho in there I, I'm not going to get into that as well 
it's, it's, it's a ridiculous saga that's got that's been going on for too long. But I just I just don't want to be stuck in this in this current setup of having to play two holding midfielders because I think that is at the end of the day going to hold us back. Like you see, like you see the way City play because like they can they can have Fernandinho sitting or Rodri sitting, and then they can have uh, Gundogan and. De Bruyne and just say go go off, just do what do what you do what you want. We have Roger, we have Fernandinho sitting back, and then that's how Man City are scoring so many goals. That's how they're still getting plenty of clean sheets, conceding far less goals than us. So I just think that we need to reach that point where we can we can have just one holding midfielder and and let two number eights just go forward. I mean, it's really interesting that, and it's I I think it's something that I I would agree with. But there's two problems with it. Um, the first one being really that we don't have a holding midfielder, uh, you know, a CDM that can properly hold the line. You know, arguably McFred are two players doing one player's job. Do you know what I mean? Like, for me, really, that's where I think Coop uh, Miners uh, from AZ Alkmaar um, would really sort that problem because he's used to playing that, that, that line himself. So then that would allow then for the two number eights to go and push forward because we need more of that attacking threat. And the second problem being that Ollie, I feel, constantly needs to cover for our centre-back problem. You know, Maguire is, is very good. He's very dominant in the air and he's good at interceptions. But Lindelof is very weak um, and, and arguably, you know, he's a terrible centre-back for me. Um, so I, I think there's a problem with us relying on the two centre-backs then to hold the defensive line. So... You know that that's where I feel. Then he he prefers to play four players there, holding that rock there instead of three. Um. So, for me, really, you get in someone like Rafael Varane or Jules Kounde in centre back pairing with Maguire. You get then Cook Miners in at, at CDM or even Declan Rice to hold the line. Then that for me then allows for like you get two number eight. You get imagine like a Pogba and Bruno, two number eights flying forward with Rashford on the left and, and Greenwood on. Do you, th- that makes so much sense for me. Um, but it's just, w- we need to establish that. And I don't know whether that's in all these plans. So um, I, th- I think that's really where we need to improve in that. But I'm just not sure if it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, I mean, James, I know I know you're you're not a United fan and you might not be able to get too in-depth uh, or whatever. But uh, what what do you think about uh, United setup, even just on, on basic terms or, or however you feel about the way that United play? Did Ross mention Coop Miners there? Yeah. As an option to be CDM? Yeah. Do you not think it's a bit naive for this kid to come in and play CDM and, and all of a sudden you think you can challenge for the league? I, I don't think it's naive at all. I mean, he, he's, a good, he's a good player. Um, I, I mean... Listen, I'm not saying that you bring in Coop Miners and then you automatically play him as the holding midfielder, but it's certainly an improvement for what we've got, man. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, Declan Rice maybe is probably a better option. You know, he's Premier League proven and he's captain of West Ham. So, I mean, arguably, but that, that Coop Miners fella could be a really... If we could mould him into a very good holding midfielder, that could lead to uh, fighting for titles. I, I, I don't see what's naive about that. The dream would be to have Pogba and Bruno Fernandes as the eights, and then a Declan Rice to come in. But I think it's fair to say that you guys are not gonna get Declan Rice. Um, I if, I mean I, I don't see you know I don't I don't see why we couldn't. No, obviously you could, but I'm I'm more looking at the management uh, perspective 
Um, I don't think they're going to back Ole like that. I think that would be an Ole signing, but I don't think you'll get him. Otherwise, uh, you wouldn't have gone for Van, someone like Van de Beek. I mean, who do, what do you do with him anyway? Like, if if he's on the sub, if he's on the bench now, what happens to him when someone like a Declan Rice and a Coop Miners join? So is he gonna play for the under twenty threes? You know. No, but you know, um, I mean, you've you've kind of mentioned it there yourself. I mean, it, it's a typical Ollie signing to go for someone like Coop Miners because we didn't want Van de Beek. Van de Beek was a was an, a a step down to save the Glazers money. So who's going to be more expensive, English uh, CDM Declan Rice or CDM from AZ Alkmaar Coop Miners? Who's going to be more expensive there? So who are the Glazers going to gravitate towards? So I I don't see what's naive about going for him. I think it's actually the perfect Ollie signing because he he's saving money, and I think you're going to get a good enough CDM in Coop Miners. And just. Again, on the way United play and their style, there was rumours of Wan-Bissaka getting transitioned into a centre-back. No, right, before... before he, I, I'm seeing Ross's face here and, and he doesn't look happy at all, but I'm, go, I'm going to say something and I, I thought about it for a while. I didn't like it at first, but when I thought about it for a while and it's going to mean a change of formation, which I don't think is likely, but I do think there's a way that it could work, is that if we did play a back five... I reckon Juan Pesaka would make a great right-sided centre-back. Now, Ross, I, I know I'm looking at you, right? But if you think Who do you it, play at right-back? No, but if we get Kieran Trippier... We're, oh, no, see, but listen. Why listen, are we even talking about it? We're not going to get Trippier. Listen, <laughs> listen, right? But if you think about it, if you, you've seen plenty of times this season, and I've seen plenty of times this season, when Juan Pesaka is defending, he has a tendency to come so narrow... That it leaves the person behind them free at the back. So if he, if his if his natural instinct is to go narrow, then if we play him in a back three, then he'll be narrower. So then oh that my. could better suit we him. We can't and, be playing. And he we is, can't be playing a back five. And, we and just can't. I know, but would I'm, you play him in a in a centre back pairing? No. <laughs> why why not? He's good at because tackling, he's a great good right at intercept, back. Good at he's, tackling, are, intercepting. Why? <laughs> now Ross, I, I think <laughs> he's a. Go ahead. No, no, go for it. Look, right, he's uh, good at tackling. He's good at intercepting. He's good at heading. He can't yes, put the cross. and he's in. good at crossing. No, he's not. Ah, oh, James, enough of this. So, so right. So, let me get this straight. Then, sorry if I understand you both correctly. Um, you both want Wan Bissaka to be our right-sided centre back I'm, along I'm, with Maguire instead I'm, of Lindelof. I'm not saying I want it, but I wouldn't be so much against it to the point where I would hate it. I would. I th- I would think that it could work because, like James has said, uh, he, he he's tall enough, he's good at heading, he's good at intercepting, he's good at tackling, and he's quick, so he does have that recovery pace that he can make a last-ditch tackle. And but, I mean, imagine if you did that pre-season and we didn't sign Kieran Trippier. You play uh, with the only other right-back we've got is Ethan Laird. Uh, We're not playing Ethan Laird to try and challenge for the Premier League. No harm. Ke- Keep Dallo. <laughs> if we keep Dallo, save your centre back money. Invest it in a right back and put one Bissaka in centre back. I, ben, to be fair, I forgot we had Dallo. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of forgot we still had him. Uh, but no. Uh, let, let's see. To be honest, I get what she's mean, uh, and it uh, theoretically it makes a lot of sense. But are we seriously gonna change Juan Bissaka from a right back to centre back? I really don't think so. I think the important thing for us this season is to get an established CDM, an established centre-back, 
and whoever else then we need to get. But of yeah. course not. Why would you switch Wan Bissaka to centre back? What are you a fucking idiot? Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, two right Ben. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I sorry. I think he'd be all right at centre back. I I I've, I don't knock it. Until That's like I, something I get on to James about. Nah, don't knock it until you've seen it. Uh, oh, if, oh, no, Jesus. if we try in pre-season and it works, I want to see your face. Cause I, Joe, you know I'm not gonna. Uh, no, it's not gonna work. They're not gonna try it. It's released by the sun. Don't read the sun. Uh, yeah. Oh, Jesus, God, what an episode. Okay. <laughs> right. I, I just have one quick question. Uh, before we end things, I mean, we've spoken plenty about uh, United setup. We, we've said that there's certain flaws, and and Ross has touched on it. There, there's holes in the team. So just before uh, we, we finish, I just. Don't say a player, but just make a final decision on the positions that you think United need to uh, bring a new player in for. Don't don't get into players. Don't start an argument or whatever. Just say positions that you think we need, and then that'll that'll be that. <laughs> right back. Just right back. Nowhere else. Just right back. You can tell you're an Arsenal fan, sir. Um, no, do you know what? Right back. I mean, I, listen, it would be nice to get a right-back uh, to challenge Wan-Bissaka, but that's not the priority, man. Uh, for me, really, it's in, in, in order as well. Um, we need a CDM. We need a centre-back. Arguably, then, maybe a, a right-back to challenge for Wan-Bissaka and then uh, a right-winger, someone like Jaden Sancho. Better off playing um, Dan James, but anyway. <laughs> this guy, man, this guy... <laughs> Who invited oh, him here? God. Do you know what? I can't wait to cover Arteta. I cannot wait ah, to get a new You can Alan St. Maximin in that Dortmund team and he'll get you Sancho numbers. No, no, stop. stop. Oh, my stop. God. Right. Oh, Jesus. I'm, I'm going to save all this slander on you, James. Yes, we please. Cover let's just end it before he says something else. Right, um, so I, I'm just going to say... The truth hurts, boys. The truth no, hurts. No, no. Oh, get, get out of here. Um, no, I'm just going to say... No, I'm, I'm going to kick you off the Zoom, man. I really will. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I'm just right. going to quickly say my positions. Uh, I think that first we need a defensive midfielder in terms of priority, uh, a centre-back. Uh, don't, don't tell me you're saying Jaden Sancho as well. A right-sided forward, and I think we do need a, a striker. I mean, I know we've got Cavani staying, but I still think long-term we need someone else. But that's just I, me. I, I think that's next next transfer window's problem. You know, it's, there's a reason why we've extended his contract. You know, so it's not it's not priority. I, I know, I know. I'm I, that's just my my opinion. Um, cool. But yeah, uh, no, I think that was good, boys. Uh, I think we we covered uh, plenty about all this time. Uh, I think it's clear to see where he needs to improve and uh, where he needs to improve in terms of positions on the team. Um, but yeah, I think that will be all for this week. Um, thank you guys for listening in. Uh, obviously, the Euros start uh, next week, so I, uh, we might be covering some of that as well as the, uh, talking about other topics. Um, so just be sure to tune in uh, and I will pass it on to someone else. Yes, so make sure you guys check out our Spotify at The Football Draft and our Twitter, Ross. Oh, uh, our Twitter is at TFD2021. Give us a cheeky wee follow and sure, send us a DM as well to get in contact. All right. Excellent stuff. All right. See you guys later. See you later. All the best.